It's got like all the cracks. Like, I don't know. It's like the cracked glaze. Is it supposed to be like that, you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a special glaze feel- that does that. Yeah. That makes me feel better about drinking out of it. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like crackle glaze and then it's a, uh, like a clear coat, almost like wood. It's another coat of glaze that you put over. It's like I saw on um, YouTube, there was like a guy that was breaking glass and he was putting like a piece of glass in between two other pieces of glass and then like making like glass stairways that were like the glass in the middle was broken. Oh, sure. That's Which like, it looks like it was totally shattered. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's wild. <laughs> We've gotten to the point where we break things on purpose because it looks cool. Yeah, right. It looks <laughs> it's a pretty good place to be, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Should we pour? Oh, I'm down to pour. cut the pour if if it's too long but now we have video so people can actually see us pour so it's a whole other it's a whole experience the joke the running joke was yes we actually do drink coffee on this show because (laughs) people couldn't hear us (laughs) drink when we only had audio you didn't slurp the coffee loudly well there's like a gate on the microphone too so like Mm. it cuts out some of the background noise so you couldn't really hear like all the pouring all the time just funny yep what are we drinking cole we're drinking quick water coffee yeah we are we're drinking zambia quick water Mm. coffee i'm ready yep how do you do (laughs) compared to in store (laughs) in-house that's good yeah that's great i i all i can think about though is like, how does it taste out of the black ones? Out of the black ones? Because you always serve the green ones at, yeah. the, at the store. Well, we're actually, I'm going to switch them to white because okay. Okay. I think, you know, based on some testing in your comments mm-hmm. also. Yeah. But what's really funny is uh, cappuccinos taste really good out of the green one. Really? Random. Interesting. Have you tried lattes in, no. in them? I mean, they only fit. That's They're so only six ounces. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Is this the psychology of the color of the cup? And the material of the cup. If you drink out of glass, it's even different still. Well, it's still based more in the color. Okay. It's because you can see through gotcha. it, not yeah. Yeah. the glass itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. What, I mean, educate me a little. What have you found? <laughs> like the, because you gave me just a coat, you gave me a white, the green and the cortado glass. Yeah, the clear one, yeah. And the glass is it's almost like what the color is or what it looks like where it's like it it feels like watery or like thin maybe out of the glass versus like a dark is maybe a little bit more thicker or like the mouth feel is kind of like different depending on does it taste the like color. a like the roast is darker? Mm, just accentuates. I mean I haven't tested especially black versus, you know, mm. white, but from the article I was reading, black will make it taste, will accentuate the bitterness a little bit versus blue 
will bring out sweetness more than any other color. Mm. And then I, can't, I, can't, I actually don't remember what they said about white. <laughs> yeah. But what was like the, because Kirk was, the first time I heard about this was with Kirk. Oh, yeah. He was saying, was it like the, uh, it was like a darker green coated outside and like a blue inside is like the most preferred. There was something that he I mentioned that, that was like. One of, I think that's his, one of his mugs. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe he just came up with that. I yeah. don't know. Kirk, yeah, yeah. Kirk just spoke for everybody, <laughs> actually. <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's like, this is how it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is objective. Yeah. I have I have two that I drink out of at home, and they're just plain white, kind of like thicker porcelain uh, mugs. Mm. And, they're, and then it, my experience is always slightly different when I drink out of the green ones mm. at your place. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. It's really, if you you start paying attention to do it you, and you're kind of like, what? Do you think it's something that once you're aware of, you can't like, like you said, you can't stop thinking about what it would taste like in a different, gla- like in a different Prob- Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially if you're, I mean, yes, anyway, but I think especially if you're like thinking about what the coffee right. tastes, yeah, is sure. tasting like, yeah. then you're definitely thinking about that. Yeah. Right. It's all factors included goes into how it tastes, I guess. Is that ceramic? Mm. I don't. I actually don't know. Yeah, I don't. It's <laughs> it's, it's made, almost made like in Japan. stone. It's yeah. stone yeah, it's from a... the volcano of <laughs> <laughs> probably some. Yeah, random. it is made in Japan. It's origami. I love their. So it's paper. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Right. So paper. Cut. You never hear that joke, huh? <laughs> It'd be melted. It's like a paper straw. Paper mache that's been coated with something else. Coated, varnished. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is our first, welcome back. I guess, official episode of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for joining us. If you're new here, this is Until It's Gone, the, a podcast where the conversation ends when the coffee runs out. Basically, the premise is we're just going to have coffee and uh, we press record when we have it and then we hit end when we're done. And it's really laid back, just kind of an extension of um, intentionality of relationships that we're trying to foster in our lives. And we hope that it's valuable to you guys as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're at local legend, uh, recording. Thank you, Josh, for allowing us to use your space. Yes, sir. Um, so here we are. Uh, we have a guest today, Stephen Curtis. Of- Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Of Quickwater Coffee, <laughs> which is also our sponsor of the podcast. And we're very grateful for that. Um, love Steven, what you guys are doing. Yes, we love what you're doing over there in the big old town of Rockford. <laughs> Huge town, your, your Huge hometown. Town. Yeah, my hometown yeah. of Rockford. Yeah, but um, Stephen is a husband. He's a father. Uh, have you guys always been in Grand Rapids? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I grew up south of Grand okay. Rapids. Yeah. And so mostly grew up in Grand Rapids. Yeah. So native and bringing some coffee to the Rockford community now, which is sweet. Yeah. Quickwater opened. November, right? October. October. Yeah, yeah. Soft open. Yeah. Soft open. Yep. And uh, been just building a relationship. Met through Kirk, actually, mm-hmm. uh, last year. And we're it's wild to be at a table drinking coffee with you. <laughs> so crazy. Well, what is kind of funny about, you know, the pr- premise of the podcast is it's just like what happens in a coffee shop like right. every day, right? right. So <laughs> that where you you meet a friend for coffee and then you're talking and then all of a sudden you're like, man, like what do we like? 
what yeah. are we talking about? Yeah. Um, go off the deep yeah, end. I knew somebody, you know, from a former place that would always be like, we should have been recording this. <laughs> and lo and behold. Classic. There's people doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what happened between Cole and I to yeah, start this. Right. Is we just, you know, we working together and like all of a sudden just getting into these conversations like, where did this come from? Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely um, such a human experience, you know, that, that uh I feel like is maybe becoming a little bit of a lost art is just like slowing down and having a conversation and letting your thoughts wander or pondering different ideas. You know, I think we're so fast paced that we can't have a conversation without looking at our phone or like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that from Cole and we'll definitely get into this a little bit. He's told me that that's been a big passion for you, even outside of just your passion for coffee is your passion for community within coffee. Um, so yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't know it, if I'm really thankful that, that the partnership is working out and I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah. because it seems like we're headed in the same direction. Well, that, and it's almost, I just think about like, that's, I feel like that's the body of Christ too, of just being able to like, how cool is it that like you're not a filmmaker and we don't own a coffee shop, but we can get on track with the same mission and bring our own gifts and talents to the table and then work together to further and to foster something bigger than ourselves and the kingdom of God ultimately. But mm. yeah, it's, yeah. Like Nate said, we're both just blessed and humbled to be here. <laughs> what an intro. Let's just end it now. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> right. Go home. Right. Wrap. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Steven. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yep. And outro. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, yeah, we we're excited. Usually when we have a guest on, we just kind of give you the floor almost essentially. Uh, and we really just want to hear your story. Um, and just talk through uh, whatever is also on your heart, like right now, or what you're seeing. Um, like, I'm sure there's a lot that you could say since October, since mm-hmm. opening a coffee shop. But I am I think a lot of people would also just be interested to kind of hear leading up to that yeah. over the years. Where did that love even come from? Or coming out of high school and college, what did you want to do? Mm-hmm. Or did you think you would be in the coffee industry? But yeah. Um. Well, yeah. We can do like a quick-ish overview. Give us the synopsis <laughs> of your life. Yeah. We want to know every detail. In thirty seconds or less. Yeah, yeah. And no, and no. I mean, I mean, like this. Yeah, this is what it is. So as much time or as yeah. little time as you want to take. Well, until the coffee's gone. Right. Yeah, we do have some rules to yeah. here by. Yeah. We fudge it sometimes. Right. Right. <laughs> when it's really good. Yeah. Like, don't take that. Now people can tell, right? right, You know, this is how much time we have left. (laughs) It's like an hourglass. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but you can't see in here. No, right? right? Secret. You don't don't really know. Yeah, right. Not actually drinking. I mean, that's like it's like the movie sip, right? Yeah. You're like they don't have anything in that cup. Yeah. Well, it's not weighted enough. It's like the way that they move. Right. right. You're like swinging. You're like, there's no liquid there. (laughs) Um. Well, so growing up, we didn't have a coffee maker in our house. Um, I am assuming because my mom's from England 
And so we had a French press and like a little like pour over device. Mm -hmm. And she also drank tea more than coffee anyway. So it would be coffee out of the freezer, you know, if if someone got coffee, but it would, would be like a pour over. So just, I think subconsciously that's what my earliest experiences of what like coffee was would have been that. But where, you know, I kind of fell in love with especially coffee, so to speak, uh, was my sister started working at a spot in Caledonia. And uh, so I would go in there and this was probably, I was in high school now and um, go in there and get, you know, a flavored latte and it was delicious. And so, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's like, you know, visiting my older sister and getting coffee and double I, pumps of syrup, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> That was delicious. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so that place was definitely, you know, like a chain knockoff, you know, ind- sure. independent place, but smoothies and yeah, all of the above. Yeah. Wraps. Paninis. Yeah. The whole, the whole gamut. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my first experience of like espresso and, that kind of thing and um so then they had an opening and so i started working there uh and that would have been in 2001 so that's when i started in coffees in 2001 i was two two years old (laughs) (laughs) you weren't supposed to do it man you weren't supposed to he's gonna leave i know (laughs) Thank you for telling me been how in old coffee, I am. <laughs> been in coffee as long as I've been alive, essentially. Uh, so I worked there part-time and, um, you know, kind of funny sort of circle around, but I was interested in photography. I helped a friend, like, shoot some weddings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, But so, yeah, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I... Like the artistic stuff. Um, Also had a dream to be in a band, but (laughs) my my parents didn't really, uh, they were pretty strict on music. And so I never really had the opportunity as a kid to play anything. So that that never really went. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to start in my twenties specifically. Um, Yeah. So then the owner of that place was looking to kind of make a change and I had the opportunity to take the place over in 2006. So that was kind of a, you know, more of a felt like a buckling down of my (laughs) kind of similar to where you're thinking like, like, what do I want to do? I don't know. I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Put the seatbelt on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was a, definitely a learning experience uh had that place for about four i owned it for about four and a half years after that and through that got interested in the roasting process you know as now being in industry a while would go travel around to different places and just was really fascinated why some coffees tasted really awesome and some were not so awesome mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um and just an interesting thing that popped in my head so we used to buy coffee from a place in oregon and 
they did have uh, they had the roast dates on there, but it was definitely like an older school type place uh, that has since been acquired by one of the largest coffee produ- coffee like roasters that roast you know like the tins of coffee type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. so I just I remember one time like there was definitely a huge like drop in the way the coffee tasted at a certain like it, it wasn't that long off of like roast it would, maybe a couple weeks i think it would all of a sudden it would just like go off a cliff and just like taste terrible so mm-hmm. anyway that was just one i don't know but then we would get it shipped you know from oregon so it'd already be almost like a week from mm-hmm. roast before we'd get it yeah and so just it was i don't know this is what you were using at the shop in caledonia mm-hmm Yep. So then just through that process, got interested in roasting coffee and um, bought a home coffee roaster and uh, started roasting little batches in the back room and outside. And yeah, just didn't really know, obviously, what I was doing, but lots of trial and error. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, so then I, you know, had like a couple people that would like specifically want. I remember we had one guy that was, he just wanted like really dark coffee. He's like, oh yeah, give me some dark coffee. Uh, just burn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows who that is. <laughs> this one guy. Yeah. yeah. Motor oil. But he would like buy like a couple pounds at a time. So <laughs> you're like, okay. Is yeah. he your first like real client? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So then ended up buying a coffee roaster off of eBay um, and started roasting supplementally for the shop and mm. um kind of through that whole like process uh met up with someone who was roasting already in GR and uh had been looking to maybe just talking about like opening up a, like a shop or a, I can't remember what the total idea was but like a brick and mortar or something yeah like a, there's a term for it i just oh, can't yeah. think of <laughs> but um you know kind of like a display or uh whatever sure. um so and i you know i'm like yeah that's that sounds great you should do it <laughs> so <laughs> green light yeah uh but then he's like well how about you come and help me do that and partner up and i was like oh i all right, I see where this is going. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, talked you know talked it over with my family and my parents, and you know prayed about it, and ended up pulling the trigger on that and sold the shop in Caledonia, and yeah, did that for a while, ten years. Mm-hmm. So you um, worked. You partnered with him on that mm-hmm. business, and that's still in GR. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. So then we were trying to grow and had gotten some partners, and um, kind of the idea was to get things turned around, you know, like coming along and doing great, and just was taking longer than everyone was anticipating, and. Had some stuff change, you know, in our home finances, and I was like, I just couldn't couldn't keep it up. So, uh, so exited there in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. Incidentally, <laughs> kind of it was in process <laughs> before everything went crazy, but yeah. um, 
then was not really planning on getting back into the industry because it's a lot of work and uh, generally it's not the most, you know, profitable or monetarily. There's easier money to be made than coffee. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I had, uh, you know, been kind of felt, called back into it a little bit and also you know during that process was had started reading a book uh, called the practice by seth godin which kirk probably has talked about because i gave it to him after that talks about it a lot yeah um (laughs) where you know the the kind of the premise of his book is talking about art specifically but how it's inherently an act of generosity Mm -hmm. to create art and not from a biblical perspective or a Christian's perspective, but you know, that just really hit home for me. Cause it's like, yeah, that's it. Mm. definitely, you know, being in the coffee industry really is an act of generosity because you know, there are, you do get, you know, some rewards, but it's not like, like you said, it's, there's, <laughs> there's easier money to be made mm-hmm. if that's what you're going for. Right. Yeah. But you it is offering, you know, something to the world, to people and to your community. So you've, it sounds like you've kind of like had the itch to express yourself through photography, through Mm. um, music. And then, you know, probably didn't think of coffee as an expression for a while. I'm assuming, I mean, when you're, you're probably just like, Oh, I want to work at this cool shop, Mm. you know, it's just a job. Yeah. Um, when did you and do you see that as like I guess a creative expression and how? Yeah, and for uh, you, like I can see, but love to hear you talk about that generous aspect of coffee owning too. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean definitely uh, something that I really you know enjoy. It's kind of somewhat comes to me comes back to what I call hospitality. Mm. Um, but that I enjoy giving people delicious things, you mm. know, or good things, right. That they can enjoy. So whether that was some, you know, beautiful, beautiful photos or, you know, delicious coffee, um, good food, you know, like if we have people over, that's kind of, you know, I don't want to just, do whatever you know yeah (laughs) something that doesn't you know it's like it's if you're gonna do something you want to give them something good you know um so yeah it's definitely an expression of art of some sort right and just kind of tying it back to you know our creator has given us really good and beautiful things and you know, then it's, he shared those with us and we're called to do the same, share them with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like roasting is a whole thing in and of itself. Like not only owning a shop, but like most shops don't roast. I would probably say that's fair to say, right? Like it might, I mean, depending on what city you're in, <laughs> but yeah. like, I would say that like on your, 
depending in Grand Rapids, that might not be true because there's a lot of people who do roast in Grand Rapids, but most shops don't roast their own or if they do, then maybe they're a bigger, mm. you know, it's like a lot of small coffee shops don't roast their own coffee. Right. right? Mm. Which, I mean, I think that, that that'll change. That'll be changing, you know, it for a lot of reasons. Technology. It, right. I mean, technology is going to be a huge part of that. Uh, there's a company called Bellwether that makes these, you know, electric self-contained roasters, um, which I think there's one or two in Grand Rapids, but it'll make it, it's, I mean, they're really expensive or you can lease them for a lot, but like anything, the price of technology will come down. Right. You know, it starts really high and it's not too accessible, but it'll it'll come down and it'll probably make like shops roasting their own pretty ubiquitous is what I would guess. Um, and then, you know, so the technology, but then also now these shops can say they roast their own coffee and it's going to be fresher and they can kind of choose what they want. And I feel like that's a very important part of an like an experience that I think like beyond just an initial love for coffee that like, keeps me coming back into like a brick and mortar shop is mm. like um you know i live uh on fulton or like right off of fulton street so there's a few coffee roasters like right there and so just going in and like being like oh like what what's your single origin today or like you know those things and then being able to like have it it's not like um i still get like a cortado <laughs> <laughs> um but you know being able to switch it up a little bit and have that relationship with I think maybe almost as the, like with the artist in a way, you know, mm. like you have the person behind this coffee. Um, and I, I'm sure I'm not talking to the person who roasted it, but um, at Quickwater you would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, so to, to, to come to Quickwater and see you and say like, what do you, what do you recommend? This is what I'm looking for. And, and like giving you an opportunity to, to, um, I know like that interaction is really like important. And I think, valuable beyond just a transaction it's like there's a relationship even in like an interaction of art and like generosity and like it's not just a product right like coffee is a i guess a product but it's i think beyond that when you there is that roasting there is that intentionality from the person giving you the coffee it can be more than just a product and yeah. and honestly like i don't know what i was expecting when i went to quick water in terms of like the place but it's just you can kind of sense that like coming in and I know you've probably got a bunch more plans cause you said soft opening and <laughs> I know how that goes, mm. but like it was a really, um, welcoming environment and, um, one that you could tell was like, uh, doused in intentionality. Like, I don't know, maybe it was the mural. Maybe it was just like all the little details, the attention to detail. Cause you can't ignore mm. that. Like we, love attention to detail and yeah. so that you know and just design and yeah stuff like aesthetic that. and um yeah so yeah. i don't know i i, I feel i have no a thought on question that. there yeah i like because there's and we've talked about this before but that idea of uh like i love that you said welcoming because that's it's so true but being able to come in and not be afraid to ask questions mm -hmm. like i don't know what a cortado is like Versus I feel like there's some coffee shops that you could go to where it's like, I don't want to ask like these people are like mm -hmm. snooty or like whatever, like 
and to be able to create that. You got to feel like you got to dress a certain way to walk in. You yeah. Know? Or, or like people know look the at lingo. You. Yeah. Like it, I like even the t- whole technology thing, not to go back, but that's the exact same thing in the film industry. Like, okay, now cinema cameras are way more accessible than mm-hmm. they were. So that puts artistry in many more people's hands than just the top dogs that have an agency and have a crap ton of money to blow on a film camera and then make a bunch of films. Gatekeepers. Yeah. And then the overhead comes down and then like you were saying, like the, the smaller guys then start roasting their own and then they just mm-hmm. cut out. They, they have way less overhead cause then it's just all internal. So I see a lot of similarities in that too, but yeah, mainly I, I just love that idea where you create that space for people to learn and not be like looked down upon or like criticized or just, just people being critical, like over the counter because you don't know what a, you know, a Miel is or like a cappuccino or like the single origin thing. It's there for the people that want to get into it and want to like know the nuance, but it's not shoved down your throat in a way that makes you feel like you should know that to have a proper experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've talked about before, but I don't know if you've really heard us talk about it. No. Where, well, I've heard things from Cole. But. Yeah, just how there is a, you know, in the specialty coffee industry, there tends to be this, and probably every industry, honestly, but coffee is the one that I'm the most familiar with. So. <laughs> it's in film too, don't worry. <laughs> where there's... um you know, with coffee, they the there's a lot of roasters, especially that'll get, even shops will be focused on, like you know, the coffee itself because it is art and it's a really delicious thing. And so, but <laughs> they get. Hey, no. <laughs> You're gonna start having my. That was a that was a spasm. <laughs> <laughs> like coffee. Yes, I just wanted to drink it so fast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cut to commercial. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're so focused on the coffee itself that then when someone comes in who, like you're saying, doesn't know or whatever, wants whatever, cream in their coffee or, you know, half or a frappuccino. Yeah, frappuccino, <laughs> half yep. cream and then, you know, half heavy whipping cream in the yeah. coffee. Um whatever it is. And you know, the artist starts, you know, feels really disrespected by that because they're creating mm. this beautiful art and this person's just like They're asking for a big Mac. Right? Yeah. They're like, uh, <laughs> can you actually I got my own spray paint. I'm just gonna yeah. Ooh, that looks way better. You, know, like, wow. <laughs> you missed the spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it makes sense that, you know, that people might not have a good experience because it's like, you know, they're focused on the art itself. Um, but I think it's, to me, it's important to focus on the, the person, you know, that you're creating the art for. It's like the art itself in a way doesn't matter if the person doesn't enjoy it or appreciate it, you know? Well, and I think that that squanders 
someone who is new that wants to learn, if they have an experience that is bad right out of the get-go, they're not going to want to come back and they're not going to want to, like, if someone was curious about getting into the nuances of coffee, of film, of anything, and they have this experience where they're, they don't know anything and they're asking questions and they're being responded to in a way that is like putting them down. Like they're not going to want to continue to learn about that or be curious about that anymore. And it'll just, just kind of like squandering like a dream essentially where it's like, Oh, like you, you know, whatever that ends up internalizing in that person's mind. But it's like, Oh, like, I don't know. I just have a heart for that where it's like, like there's people that like don't know things and to be gracious and to recognize like where they are in in learning something that they might want to grow in or like learn more about and to be able to create that atmosphere that where they feel comfortable stepping into that and not not being afraid to ask questions or to not know what something is is i think that's important there's probably a difference between the the person who wants three quarters heavy whipping cream and doesn't want to learn than the person who also is asking like wait, what is, what is the difference? And oh, why is that better? You know, mm-hmm. but there, that, I think that does still s- ring true because it's not necessarily for you to, to decide who they are, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I mean, I don't, it's not, not appropriate to, for any company person to decide what art they are going to offer. Right. Like not everyone has to, you know, if you're a fine artist, you don't have to make prints. That's totally mm-hmm. up to you. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. You also, it's not your call on whether somebody else does that <laughs> because there are people that only want prints that are something like that. So, right. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. There's, a, I, there is a tension between like leaving someone where they are, you know, comfortably mm-hmm. and like bringing them along, but also not forcing that. Which I mean, that's kind of like our walk, right? Christ, right? Like he does, he loves us too much to leave us where we are, but yeah. he doesn't not going to force us to right. change. Well, and yeah, just to clarify, like I'm talking about someone that is curious, yeah, that, yeah. like oh, has yeah, the drive yeah, yeah. to like want course, to learn. Yeah. Like that isn't everyone. No, not everyone has that to treat those people the same. <laughs> yeah, but for the person that is curious, that curiosity can be snatched mm-hmm. away. I think very quickly with that's more so what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. And again, that's similar in our walk with Christ too. Like if someone's really curious and they're being discipled in a way that isn't positive, that isn't in line with the word and that isn't, you know, good and how Jesus models for us, like they're going to have a bad experience and have church hurt or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But mm. hmm. How have you seen, um, so have you always, like, you met, I'll ask this first, um, have you always been in coffee? Because I know you said that there's been some, like, in-between moments. Um, when you weren't in coffee, what were you doing? Uh, so I did a sales for exterior services company for a couple years in between, but other than that. Did you miss coffee? Uh, I mean, some things about it. Yes. Yes. And no, it was, it was a good break, you know, or reset. Um, I think 
one of the things that I really appreciate most was I did a lot of driving, so I listened to tons of audiobooks. Mm. So that was that was I really enjoyed that part of doing that because you don't have a lot of time to listen <laughs> to audiobooks. It's loud and, too, and yeah, read or you know, it's just it's a different. It's more. It's time intensive in a different way for you know the especially brick and mortar type stuff yeah. so day to day stuff yeah i feel like there's a i was watching a video on just a guy a guy in the coffee community on youtube doing like a q and a but kind of talking about that romanticizing the idea of owning a coffee shop mm. that quickly can quickly disappear once you start just working at a coffee shop for a couple months and then you realize that there's a lot of it's a job it's a job you're dealing with people as a manager you're dealing with your employees you're taking inventory you're you know customer service and all of that stuff where that's such a larger percentage of owning a coffee shop than the Mm. than romanticizing it Mm -hmm. through the rose colored glasses of oh i just want my own space and i just want to pull beautiful shots Mm -hmm. and make Mm -hmm. lots of art like Mm -hmm. it's it's everything else. Yeah, like you don't get to sit and read in your coffee shop. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you want to relax and really enjoy the atmosphere of a coffee shop, probably don't own one. <laughs> yep. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um, Cole and I have always talked about like, Obviously, we both have a passion for coffee, and um, as the film company's growing, we're like, well, you know, thinking and dreaming about a potential space as mm-hmm. it's needed, mm-hmm. um, and then just thinking about, well, it'd be so cool to have like, just start with just like nice coffee from like for like the company, and then just like kind of in, like let friends come, and then like see what happens. But yeah. then I'm like, yeah, knowing me, like it's gonna be way too much than <laughs> it should be, and like. Yeah all of a sudden I'm trying to run a coffee company instead of like mm-hmm. a film company. So yep. I'm so, yeah, <laughs> I'm so the one who wants to try every flavor and try it out, you know, it would be for the enthusiast. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But maybe I just need to figure out how I can interact with the things that I love with something that I'm already doing. I don't know. I'm, I'm bad at that. Like, like um, I don't paint, but I love, paintings you know and i like mm-hmm. to look at paintings and how do i participate in art or an art form that i'm not an artist in um and be okay with not being an artist right. in, even though i love right. the medium yeah like film photography like like we you know we went on a photo walk and it was super fun but mm-hmm. like i could so go down a rabbit hole you know mm-hmm. and I, and i'm Always in danger of doing that in mm. anything I come into yeah. contact with. That, I mean, and we're both very similar in that regard because, I mean, I have a lot of hobbies, but once I start a hobby, I'm like in it and like go off the deep end with it. And I actually just, this is random, but I saw a book in Barnes and Noble the other day when I was there. I think it was by Amy Downs. That was, is something to the extent of like, that sounds fun. And it, in the book, <laughs> the book was talking about why you should have a hobby and like finding the fun again, like in life in general, by having hobbies and not like putting them on a shelf that's so high where it's like, it sucks the fun out of it. So 
it was just interesting but we're very like-minded in that where it's like all the hobbies it's like i love and i think that that's beautiful to understand the nuances like coffee making or making a pour over at home like all the nuances of that or film and setting up cameras and learning how the cameras work that's just how i'm oriented not everyone is you know but yeah it's enjoyable i mean i think yeah you know to that point you could definitely have like a like an awesome coffee setup you know obviously the danger is i mean it sounds even from that book like the danger is trying to monetize it yeah right like if you keep it at four clients and guests and people that come in and it's just fun that probably would be that's, fun. That's right. It would still be fun. Yeah. Right. And then you just. The yeah. stress of monetizing. It. Yeah. Like once you turn, once you try to like. Turn that corner. Right. Cause then all of a sudden you feel like you have to have regular hours. And then what happens if you got to go do something, then you got to hire somebody else to, you know, it's like, those are the things that create the stress. Yeah. Whereas if it's just. Just for, for you. Yeah, whenever it's it Just works. for you and clients and friends, yep. then. Mm-hmm. If you're not there, then no problem. Sorry, yeah. Guys. yeah. It's no pressure. Yep. No, I I definitely tend to ruin my hobbies by taking them too far. And and that's also the same thing that, you know, it's like a good thing and a bad thing because I'm, I'm an, yeah, I'm an opportunistic person and so I can see opportunity and seize it and go for it, but um yeah, sometimes that's a curse. It is. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I was going to ask you and I totally jumped into a different question, but I was going to ask you how um, you like, I guess a little bit about your faith journey as well. Cause I know you're a Christian. This, this is a Christian podcast. We don't really label it as a Christian podcast, but we talk about it every episode. So we're not scared. Yeah. Um, so I guess like maybe in um, as much or little as you want to kind of dive into that, like, how has your faith journey developed um, through maybe that, like, I guess, arc that, yeah, that arc that we kind of heard. And um, yeah, I would just love to hear that specifically as well. Uh, Well, I grew up in the church. Um, You know, my experience of the church slash, you know, who God was, was, you know, you had to be good and do everything right in order to be Christian check the boxes yep so i don't you know i became a christian quote-unquote at a young age but i don't think i really had a relationship with god so to speak um and really definitely went the opposite direction you know in my teens early 20s just didn't you know i believed in god but i just didn't he was not a focus or a part of my life at all. And, um, through some, you know, circumstances that were allowed to happen as often they do, <laughs> you know, kind of came to the point of, you know, I had a couple times of, you know, like feeling God's call on my life and, you know, trying to, once again, trying to, be a good Christian as I saw, you know, as I thought. And, um, obviously that doesn't work. And so anyway, back to then, you know, things kind of 
you know, blew up a little bit and, um, you know, I was just like, I'm God, I can't, you know, I can't do it on my own. Like I've, I've tried to be a good Christian and mm. uh, that obviously that doesn't work. So if, if it's going to, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be have, have to be from you. Mm. And so that's kind of the moment. And that was probably in my twenties. I mean, it was in my twenties. So I don't know exactly when, but, um, so that was kind of when he really got my attention and began our, you know, more relationally, my relationally based faith. And yeah, there's been ups and downs, obviously, yes. for yeah. sure. You know, it's yep. never a straight line. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> That's good. But yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, for, I'd kind of orchestrated me leaving my previous company, you know, just designed some very interesting things in our, in our own life that, you know, kind of a series of events that I don't think I would have been as open to mm. letting go if just all that stuff hadn't happened. Mm. And so I was like, well, <laughs> Once again, like, all right, not in the driver's seat. Right, yeah. here, this is this is where we're going. I, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a choice. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you always have some choice, yeah. but it definitely felt it weighed on you. Like God was had been like, like I need you to let it go. You know, mm-hmm. like it's been whatever. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe it's too important to me, and mm. um, so and then kind of the same. With getting into Quickwater, I really, I honestly, I didn't want. I was, it's a lot of work, and I wasn't really. <laughs> I wasn't You're really like, like no. don't I sign know, me. I was up. like, don't no, put me on the yeah, list. Yeah, I was like, eh. You're like, like I've the, done I, some of that before. I don't yeah, want to do it again. Yeah, it's, it's start a lot. from scratch. It's a lot, and I'm like, I don't, and you know, like, you don't really make much money, and you know, like all these things, all these excuses on why I shouldn't do it, and <laughs> yeah, I feel like God just kept. You know, kept mm. poking me, tapping me, and you know, giving me little things. So I'm like, all right, I guess um, I will trust you. I think, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, today, definitely, uh, definitely. Today, maybe I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one baby step. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. cool. So yeah, it's been continue, you know, continuing process of you know, opening, opening my hands and not trying to. Keep keep it all under my own control and it, having faith that yeah <laughs> he's got me either way. Yep, for sure. I I feel like that um entrepreneurial journey um is like I don't know. It's interesting because I in some ways relate in, in terms of taking like risks like that where you're like this doesn't seem like like you don't know what next month is like. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's easy. Um, I guess it's not easy, but it might be easier to trust that God is going to provide when you have a agreement that you're going to get a certain amount (laughs) next month and you can do the math and figure out if you're going to make it, you know, Mm -hmm. but when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, I mean, there are good months, but there are also months where you're like, we're not eating that today or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that like, I think I we were talking about it before the podcast. That's been an experience for me. Everyone who's listening has heard me talk about that before. Just this, like that. It's just that 
the the leap, right? The the difference of like, okay, God, like, gonna open my hands to this, and um, trust you enough to um, to to take a risk, and not that you're just doing it flippantly. Um, you know that's something that you feel called to, or the circumstances f- allow. My experience has been um, faithfulness from God, you know, and not to say that if I had was had a, m- a month that you know it was a little slim, but there have been slim months that He wasn't good. You know, there's Job. Mm. <laughs> it's not like the prosperity right. of right. like my bank account is not tied to my faith, um, but you're almost content with nothing. You know, it's like, it's that like, you know, God, if this fails, I'm content and I still trust you. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's the security you have to have to take a risk like that is like, be okay with a failure (laughs) financially or like vocationally, I guess. Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a sermon that uh, I think, I think Jody preached at Berkeley, but it was essentially instead of saying like, instead of the what if questions of like, what if I don't have any projects that month and just kind of like your thoughts spiraling around that. The link she said, change the language to like, even if where it's like, even if uh blank doesn't happen, like God is still God and God is still good. And that was just such an encouragement to be like in that spot where it's like, what if like God doesn't come through in this way that I'm, I want him to, and he's going to come through in a different way instead of that almost being like, even if God doesn't come through in this way that I want him to, he's still God. Like he's still good. He will, you know, he's not going to hang me out to dry, but following Jesus is also hard too, where it's like, I just watched the first episode of season three of the chosen. And I think I forget who he was talking to, but he's like, are you ready to, Oh, I think he's talking to Judas and he's like, uh, Judas is like making the case and like presenting himself and asking Jesus to like be his rabbi. And Jesus is like, are you ready to do hard things? Like that was the, that was what Jesus said to Judas Mm -hmm. to make sure that he was like kind of counting the cost essentially. But like, are you ready to do hard things? Like, are you ready to still declare that, you know, I'm good even in this scenario that you with your human mind, like can't see the through line, but I can cause I'm in control and I know what's best for you. But yeah, just recent thoughts. <laughs> Soaking it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we're probably nearing uh, the end of our coffee yeah. cups here. I have, do you have something? I have, I have um, one more kind of question or thought because the word piqued my attention, but specifically hospitality. Um, the first two episodes of our podcast were about hospitality mm. um, and the, in the importance and impact of that. Um, how, I, I mean, what is your experience with hospitality? I know you said you like to make nice things for people when they come over. Um, how is that like, you know, people always talk about like being a missionary in your, in your work. Um, we talked about it with Kirk too, not just being a mechanic who has um, a, a tract that you hand to people after, but doing really good work and loving people through what you're doing um, as a testimony of action, not just, <laughs> hey, I'm going to 
I'm going to charge you too much for your car and not fix it right and then give you a track. You know? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. What has your experience been like just serving people um, either through like, I guess, I guess through like maybe somebody who has been impacted by it or maybe just your personal impact of like, you know, what the Lord's doing in your heart as you do it. Hmm. And that's okay if you're like nothing, <laughs> but I, but it sounds like that's important to you. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, there's nothing specific, like a specific scenario that comes to mind, but just, I mean, what, what I do think of is, you know, probably the hospitality portion once again reminds me of my mom, honestly, of, you know, she, it was really important to her to like make really good food for, you know, have plenty of food for like family get togethers and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, do things really well and, you know, to the extreme. So, (laughs) (laughs) which I think that's a, that's a tension in that we Mm -hmm. all wrestle with in every day of, right. Like if you're passionate about something and you believe in it, going too far is easy, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, I, uh, it reminds me a little bit of, I feel like, you know, it's like, that's like our walk with Christ. Like he is like both and he's not an either or, you know, it's not, he's not an extreme in a, like mm-hmm. you have to do all of this in order to whatever. It's like, no, there's going to be tension, you know, it's going to be, Mm-hmm. messy and and that's okay um so but yeah she, she always my mom always liked to offer really good stuff so growing you know growing up i had a lot of delicious <laughs> delicious food because <laughs> yeah. if we had a good together mom you've be, ruined me yeah be really <laughs> good, you know? <laughs> um so that aspect i think you know definitely um has translated over and i think you know the the struggle is to not go into perfectionism mm. right which that's where then it becomes about you right which i i think there's a there is a wrestle with that mm-hmm. always you know it's and that's kind of ties back a little bit to what we talked about like with the you know the snooty coffee is like mm-hmm. it starts to become about yourself right instead of about who it's actually about mm. and so you know, not necessarily having to, you know, if you have people over, you don't necessarily have to have the best thing. If it, you know, it doesn't always make sense to do that. Right. Like that's, there's a time and a place for it, but sometimes, you you know, you can have paper plates or, you know, just have something, you know, whatever grilled cheese, you know, it doesn't have to be like this fancy thing necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. It's you really, the relationship is, is utmost you know, and some of those other things can tie into it, but you know, it doesn't need to ruin the relationship. If, you know, if you spent like the Martha versus Mary, you know, like Martha, she was so focused on creating a really great experience that she missed the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus is like, you know, Hey, (laughs) you missed it. Like that's, those are, it's not inherently bad things, but you put so much importance on those Mm -hmm. things that you missed me. Mm. you know you miss that relationship mm. so that's the struggle you know that's definitely the tension that i yeah. i wrestle with is 
I love it. It's it. You know, when you're talking about about the paper plates and stuff, like if you have somebody to your house and they have 20 minutes, like yeah. you don't have time to pull out all yeah, the stops. It's <laughs> actually like more respectful to like just do something quick. Like right. that's you know, it's like oh, appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it reminds me of um, C.S. Lewis and Mere Christianity talking about this is like this is a whole nother conversation, but um, re- the application of the law of human morality of like um, when to do what thing um, discretion, <laughs> wisdom, you know, when discernment, discernment, when to, um, you know, when to get out the China plates and to make it a really nice experience, when to cook up the prime rib or, when to make a grilled cheese and um what's cool about quick water is i think it's a place that lives in the tension you know i think it's a nice place when you walk in sometimes when coffee shops brand themselves as welcoming really just means it's dingy and there's not great coffee (laughs) and they're just acceptance of bad standards basically (laughs) um but that's not at all what quick water is Mm. and that's not at all like you can still be excellent and be welcoming Mm. um and and i i love that's that is what life is it's the tension you know the tension between um a really good cup of coffee and service um to to the guests that will come in so yeah i feel like that's a really good place to to put a period on that yeah amen amen Amen. (laughs) so the last segment of the show we've coined uh record time so it's essentially music that you're listening to right now or an all-time favorite record or album specifically uh getting if it's a song that's okay yeah it can can be a single (laughs) too we try to uh again like art like trying to bring back into focus an album as art instead of just picking one and and listening to that song but listening all the way through as the artist intended more or less um so think on that if you have a if you have a record or all-time favorite i can go first mine is um my sister and i uh listened to a band called saint lucia st period l-u-i-c-a and they're almost like i would almost we were listening to it before you got here but they're almost it's kind of like modern house abba like it's, it's like funky. Yeah, it's funky. It's synthy. Yeah, uh, it's it's really cool. It's dancey. It's like uh, indie. It's like indie funk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird. It's interesting blend. Yeah. So we, we used to listen to them at my old place. Oh, so, really? yeah, yeah. yeah. So their twenty twenty two album uh, Utopia is uh, the album that I'm going to recommend. And then we also have a playlist that we put all of these on and then share with people on Spotify so they can they can follow along. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, same. and my sister and I saw them live like a couple years ago over in a small venue in Detroit, and they played like a really intimate show. Like they are very talented musicians, so it was really cool. But yeah, season side note: season one record time um, will not be added to anymore, but that is still available yes. on Spotify. So um, I think it's in basically every episode show notes mm-hmm. of season one. So mm-hmm. go there, hit hit follow, and. How much music is there? It's like it's so, six hours so or something. So yeah. <laughs> on your car ride, just hit play and, yeah. and let it wash over you. And let and, it go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be very eclectic because there's yeah, all there's sorts of genres and stuff. My my pick is actually um, Josh Garrell's uh, Jacaranda 
2008 album. Mm. Um, I've normally listened to his new stuff, but this is what I've been playing through. So um, it's just very vintage Josh Garrels. And so um, very calming, very, uh, you know who he is. You, it's kind of what you would expect. Nice. So um, yeah. That's, what's, the, what's the name of that? Jacaranda, Jacaranda, I think. J A C A R A N D A. Jacaranda. The 2008 album. <laughs> 2008. It's like, um, yeah, he's. It's got like a. Uh, what's the word? It, it looks like an embroidered. Um, oh. Oh, like a quilt. A quilt. Yeah. Got you. But yeah, it's a great album. Nice. So we'll add that. Do you have a pick? You don't have to, but if there's yeah. something that comes to mind, yeah, we'll add it. Yep. Mm, I definitely don't have an album. Just. Okay. Because I don't spend time <laughs> listening right. to just albums. That's all right. <laughs> it's like uh, find a Spotify playlist yeah, that's in yeah. the realm of what we we listen to. But you're um, like study time uh, <laughs> for the coffee shop. Lo-fi beats. Yeah. Coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> 2022 playlist. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much it. Um, I think. Yeah, and I mean, an artist that we've been, like my wife and I both have been enjoying is Henry Jameson. Hmm. Um, he's got a couple different albums. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a specific one. Maybe we'll dig around. Yeah. We just kind There's of play that. There's not that specific. Yeah. But then the singular, like, song that comes to mind is actually um, one that, like, our church worship leader introduced to us, but it's called He Won't. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's been really good. But he he did a couple of like uh, backyard sessions this oh, cool. this summer, and so that was that was like the first time that he introduced it to those who were there, and um, yeah, it's become so, more of a and then now he's inter- yeah now he's introduced it to you know up front as well, but, yeah. But that was that's really been really cool. That's so cool, yeah, yeah, love that, amazing. Well. Um, Coffee's gone, y'all. Yeah, coffee's gone. We must abide by the rules. Um, thanks again, Stephen, for coming on and for especially for sponsoring the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yep. yeah we're going to be drinking quick water coffee, um, and it's very delicious. So yeah. thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Love it.